Welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. I am your host, Anne Samoylov, and today we're talking to an entrepreneur who knows a thing or two about changing her business. I'm featuring her last in this business business influencer series because I think most of you, if you know me, then you know that this woman has changed the way that I approach my business, why I started it in the first place, and you might even know that she had something to do with me quitting my last gig. But the funny thing is Laura Roeder was also my boss. So we, while we became close and I got to see firsthand how she made decisions in her business, I also learned how to do the same in my own. So I hope you enjoy this throwback Thursday interview, which was taken and inter- and recorded right around the time that Laura was starting her social media marketer program. And this was a big shift in Laura's business and in LKR's business. Um, so but it's not the it's not the first or the last type of change that she's made to her business and done well with it. So listen to the interview and then come back in the end and I will wrap everything up. I hope you enjoy. Maybe just start by talking about some internal stuff that's changed mm-hmm. about your business over the past year. Um, I know it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, really the big theme of Social Media Marketer was simplifying. So we've we've built the business having multiple information products, and we always sold them as one-off products. You know, you pay one-time fee, you get zero to Facebook. You pay one-time fee, you get backstage pass to Twitter. And we were sort of, you know, over time building our library, and that was working really well. But the problem that we found, it's not only a problem, it's one way to build your business, but something that we saw was getting really complex is that, if you're doing it right, every new program is not just the new program, but the new opt-in, the new marketing sequence. And we try to be really good. You know, we have these advanced marketing tools in Fusionsoft. And so we try to be really good about, okay, if you're getting 10 emails, you know, about Twitter, we don't want to also be sending you 10 emails about Facebook on the same day. And so we try to manage that, but it just gets more and more complicated and you have to build out more and more marketing and update it all. And you know, you and I are always like thinking ahead and thinking how things will scale. And so we just thought, okay, if we have, you know, five or six products and it's already feeling this complicated, <laughs> how are we going to keep growing the business this way? How are we going to have 20 products and always have to be updating everything? Because with social media, we'll find like, oh, we had a marketing email with a Twitter tip and that tip doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. Plus, you know, there's, there's so much updating that goes into every single aspect of content that we're putting out there from the blog. I mean, we were updating, you have to update the actual opt-ins themselves, you know, like, and like you said, you know, the, the, the complexity was that, you know, we'd have some people going through a sequence in Facebook that was very similar in kind of strategy. The, the reason why we did it, like the, the trial sequence. So we didn't want those same trial people to go through another trial that sounded kind of similar, but was about Twitter. You know, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. That's hard to see kind of when you're starting out because you tend to use the same you know marketing language and marketing strategies for different products. But then people opt in for all of them, and people are like, "You just sent me this email, but it said Twitter instead of Facebook." (laughs) It does does seem a little disingenuous, right? When you're going to be saying email about two different programs. Yeah, I mean, actually, I know, and I know that there are some people who still have those kinds of um, 
things in place. Like there are some people where if you're a coach, fill this out. If you're yeah. this, do this. And you know what? If someone likes you, they're going to fill out everything. Yeah. <laughs> so you pretty much better have that on, in check. And, you know, and, and I guess, you know, some of those people definitely have said, you know, none of all of these sequences are somewhat the same, but they are slightly skewed toward who you are. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, so I, I, I think that the simplifying thing was the big thing. And how did that fit with um, you and just changes you wanted to make in your own life? I mean, simplifying, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, this year is my, you know, I always travel a lot, but this is the first year I've really done the like sell everything, don't live anywhere, you know, move to a new country every few months. That's, that's what I'm doing all year. And you know, might be doing for a while. I don't know. I'll, I'll see what I like. So, um, I've, I wanted to be able to take even more holiday time for me. It's about not having to predict it. Honestly, it's like a big part of the freedom that I'm looking for. It's not even about like how, how many vacation days do I have, but to just be able to say, okay, next week I'm going to take off and right. have that be okay. Like have that flexibility and, and have that freedom and I think that's easier to do if you just have one offering. It kind of makes it easier. Okay, get all your work done this week and then take off next week because there's not always constantly new stuff cropping up. Exactly, exactly. And I think it also, you know, with with our team being so spread out like it is, it really it really sets us up to be able to improve one offering instead of like all these all these, you know, ones, oh, we forgot about that one. We've got to update that. You know, there's like technical issues too. And just, oh, the systems at sell site, we forgot to update the membership plugin or yeah. whatever, like, you know, like, yeah. or going in and dealing with all that kind of stuff too. So it actually simplifies the, the back end as well. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's something we, it's, it's still a process going on right now, but we're, we're trying to simplify everything and we have, we build everything in, in WordPress sites. <laughs> And so we were in this situation and we would just do a new WordPress install because we're like, we want to build a squeeze page, you know, new theme, new WordPress install. And then we wanted to switch our hosting and we're like, we have 80 WordPress installs. <laughs> <laughs> it, got really, it got really out of hand. So that was another, like another area where we're like simplifying. We're using WordPress multi-site now, which we should have been doing um, yeah. in the beginning. But, you know, I think that's a good lesson. Like you, you really have to check yourself along the way because it's no big deal when you have 10 WordPress installs, but then it's like we were saying before, you have to look ahead and say, is this pattern scalable? Right. Okay, it's fine when I have 10, but if I keep doing this over and over again, I'm, I'm going to look up one day and I'm going to have 50 and that's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to do the, you know, do that maybe from the very beginning, but I always like to think about it like, like they said in all the baby books, when you're teaching your, your kid to sleep, they're like, start with the end in mind. So if you don't want to be rocking your child at age seven, don't start doing it. You know, like, of course, a little baby, you want to rock the baby a little bit, but start yeah. thinking about, okay, I want, my outcome is that I want this child to sleep on her own, you know? So, so, and the same thing, like if you know that you're going to, that you eventually want to build a library, you really do need to think about how that's going to look and you know, and it can get really complex fast. Yeah, it can. Um, so, okay, so the question then is about about this launch. Did mm. you, when you were thinking about this launch and, I mean, I feel like maybe I have the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyways because I want to hear yeah. what you have to say. Um, like, were you looking at this just like any other bigger launch? Or how were you looking at this? You know, how were you looking at 
the, the launch in general when you just said, okay, how are we going to do this? So we, we really viewed this as a redirection of our whole business, you know, and at the time we're recording this interview, like pieces are still sort of falling into place. Everything might be live by the time people watch it, but um, changing the look of our website, changing the look of our newsletter. Um, it's not just the new program, but, but really everything in our business and the way we talk about our business. Um, and something that was different about this launch that I didn't, maybe about like a month before the launch finished, I had a big moment of clarity and I think it really helped things, which was, oh, we're selling to our internal list. Mm-hmm. Like our goal for this launch, that really, really helps me focus. On a lot of launches, you're trying to get a lot of new people in the door and you're trying to attract a lot of attention and get new leads and stuff. But, you know, we're, I, I'm, I'm happy to say at this point, a few years in, we do have a big list. We have a big audience. We have a big community. We have enough to support our business just off the list we already have because they're not all customers, right? We need to work on on making more of our audience customers. Mm-hmm. So that was a big difference too. It's, it was, it was a big launch, but a kind of private launch in the sense that we really didn't care about new people. We were trying to talk to people already in our community. And I think people got that. And I think people really liked that because they could tell that like, it's like those cable companies that have those terrible deals where if you're a new customer, yeah. Like, great deal. And then if you're an old customer, they just keep hiking it up and like making you pay. Don't even talk to me about my internet connection in my cable company right now. Cause I'm like seriously insane about that. But yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And so I think people appreciate it when you're like, Hey, I care. Like you guys have stuck with me. You know, you're my, you're my, you're the people on my Facebook page on my list. Um, and, and we're talking to you. Like we want you to come to the party. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that, um, I think that getting that clarity for you, I mean, obviously you had the overall outcome, but like once you're like, wait a second, this is for our peeps, this is yeah. for our peeps, then that, that clarifies your out, the outcome you want. And I, you know, I always, I always tell people like, you know, they come to me with these insane plans and no real outcome that they're kind of going for. They have like, they know what kind of videos they want and all this launch content, but I don't see any mention of what the outcome they're going for if it's a list building who are they are they trying to reach new people like so I think that getting that moment of clarity it doesn't sometimes happen at the very beginning and but you definitely need it I think and you know I want to I want to point out something that is really different about how we do things is that we actually aren't big on numbers based goals because I think a lot of people hear outcome and, and they think that it has to be a number. Right. Um, and, and that's one way to do it, but we don't, we focus more like Anne said, okay, is this list building? Is this, you know, converting list members to customers? Is, is this like getting attention and trying to get as many views as possible on our website? But I have a hard time with numbers because that to me, a number doesn't tell me what to do. Like yeah. if, if, if the goal is, and I think actually a lot of people get led astray by this because they're like, okay, I want to have a thousand members, but a thousand members that, that doesn't like tell you what to do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Or if your goal is, I mean, you can make it right. You can convert that into a list of things to do. But the way that I think it's like, okay, my goal is to get my audience and, and make them a customer through a trial or whatever. And then to me, that more directly correlates to, okay, what activities do I need to do to make that happen? Yeah, and it's a more specific outcome. It tells you what you want to happen as and like I I I have a I have a similar kind of feeling about people making these like specific number goals. Um often they're just unrealistic. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's like and it 
then it sets you up for that feeling like you didn't reach it when really you like, you know, I've seen people reach even beyond what they thought because they just kind of shifted what they were thinking just a little bit. Um, And it's really hard to predict. And I mean, like for this launch, we had, so we did a special offer for people who were already customers. And then we had kind of like just for people who are on the list, but weren't customers yet. And I thought that we were going to get way more purchases from people who are already customers. Yeah. And we actually, we didn't get as many as I thought we would people taking our, our customer special offer. We didn't really get that many, but then we got way more than I thought we would of, in this case, it was the $1 trial that we offered. So it's like, it would be silly for me to set myself up if I had said, okay, we need to get this number here. Like I, w- I was wrong about how the ratios would come in, but right. that one is great, you know? Yeah. You know, actually that's interesting because if you think about it, you know, even though like you, you kind of were like, okay, this is about our founding, founding members. It's interesting because I, a lot of people like wanted to be those members. So the yeah. external people, so even though like we didn't get necessarily like the same response, maybe we wanted from like our internal, the out, the external, like people kind of looking and we're like, oh, I want to be part of that, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. still work to focus on that group. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. Um, so actually, this is interesting. I wanted to ask you about, you know, cause our launches in general, I feel like we always break some rule. Like for the last <laughs> year we've been breaking a rule, like, Hey, we didn't do affiliates owned it. You know, like we're like, we go through like, Hey, we didn't do this. Okay. It still worked. Hey, we use, we use the same lunch video or whatever. Like we're like, and it still worked. So, you know, what do you think about, you know, breaking those, I don't know, breaking those launch rules that people tell us, you know, I actually think it's essential. I really do because it's like you do, you do want to have some sort of plan or guideline to follow, especially when you're starting out. Right. And there's no reason to reinvent the wheel and and there's no reason to start from scratch when you can study and you can learn from others. But I I think what people tend to forget is that you can never be the most successful one if you're just doing what everybody else does. You'll always just be a copycat. You have to innovate if you want to be an innovator, right? You have to (laughs) innovate if you want to be ahead of the pack. And I think that can be really scary for people of like, oh no, no one's tried this before. And a lot of coaches, I think too, will tell you, they're like, don't, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Like this is, this is the formula. This is the method. And it's kind of a hard thing, right? Because at the same time, like we teach methods, you know, mm-hmm. we teach formulas, we, we give people advice, we give people training saying, here's what to do. But you know, we are, I do try as hard as I can when I give advice to say like, here's a framework, try it out for your business, see how it fits for you, see where you want to tweak it. And I, I mean, I guess that's really what I would say. I think you want to start with some sort of framework or not, whatever. Um, but if you do, I really do think it's really essential to say what parts of this don't feel right to me and what parts of this don't feel like a fit with, with my brand and my audience. And what do I think would be really fun to add in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, it just kind of made me think too, of how, you know, some people go to the extreme of following like someone else's structure using swipe files, all of that. And I, my, across the board, my feeling is like, you know, look at, look at the launch, look at the intent of what people are doing and see how it translated to you. Even if that wasn't their intent, like however it translated to you, that's, that's what you can go off of and just say, how can I bring that same thing to the people that I'm, you know, trying to teach? How can I bring that same intention 
to those people. Like, why did Marie do this video series or whatever? Instead of like trying to do a series exactly like hers or, you know, copy her email structure or whatever. Um, So definitely I'm big on breaking rules, but also, you know, I think that people should watch others who are breaking rules because it'll give you that little bit of inspiration. You know, like I think of people like Chris Gilbo, Danielle Laporte, you know, obviously I want people to watch us, you know, so, you know, but there are people who have that Jonathan Fields have that little extra something that they're doing that other people aren't doing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I definitely think that is huge. Um, so, okay. So I get this question a lot. And I know people will definitely want to know this from you. Um, you, we have a big list. I'm going to mm-hmm. say we, we have a big list now and, and it's great because we're, e- we're easily able to segment, test, test, yeah. you know, different things to different groups of people. But what do you say to someone who doesn't have a list and mm-hmm. wants to launch something small, large, whatever, you know, what do you say to them? So it's true that you don't need a big list to launch. Um, and I, <laughs> I know that a lot of, it's funny. It's like, that's not what people want to hear. I, I don't know why, cause you should be happy to hear it. Cause you're like, sweet. I don't have a big list. Um, but I actually think that it's a big mistake that a lot of people make waiting too long to sell. And yeah. there's, um, this message that gets out there sometimes of like, you have to create a community. And then once you have your community, once you have your thousand fans, then you insert your business. But I, I think that's really flawed in two ways. One way is that it's going to be hard. The only way you can learn about having a business is to have a business. Yeah. That's just it. You know, you don't know how to do marketing until you do. You don't know how to do copywriting until you do and, and launch that strategy and sales strategy. You just get better. Just like everything in the world, you get better with practice, right? Yeah. So the sooner you can start practicing, the sooner you improve. And I don't know if people think of you as a business when you just have a free blog. Right. Yeah. And, and that's definitely a transition that you can make. Lots of people have made it successfully, but why not show people that you're a business right from day one? And if you've sold something that's better than nothing, you know, we were chatting about this at, at the UK meetup I had recently and a woman was saying like, I didn't, you know, I knew I wanted to write an ebook, but I didn't write it because I hardly have anyone on my list. And I thought, you know, it wouldn't sell any. And then finally I'm just like, you know what, let's just write it, just write it and put it out there. And people bought it. And even if you're selling something for 10 bucks, if five people buy it, well, that's 50 bucks you didn't have before. Exactly. I'm happy to have an extra 50 bucks anytime. (laughs) I know. I know. I love that. And you know, um, the thing about like when I, whenever I use, I use the word launch a lot, but I, I actually don't like, I always kind of, when I say launch, I mean anything you're putting out. Because I think you just decide what type of launch you're doing. I know some people use launch versus promotion, but I look at a launch as you pushing whatever you're doing out to the world. Either you're looking for some sort of attention, whether it's money, new people, whatever. Um, So I, I, I think that too, you know, I mean, people didn't start approaching me for random things until I was actually selling something oddly enough, you know, and, (laughs) you know, and, you know, I know I'm not unlike other people where there's that moment that you're, that you're just like, Oh gosh, I don't want to bug these people. I really want to sell something. And then you like wait for like two years and you don't sell anything. And then you have like this blog that like is kind of like dead in the water, you know, because people want to, people do want to learn from you, but they're not going to, there's like, we talked about this at the vocal party uh, for social media marketer, but 
there has, there's a value exchange. So it's okay. You, you should start like offering them something because maybe they want to give you something for what you've been giving them, you know? Um, I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. And you know, I like, I like the word launch. Like you said, you use the word launch a lot for big or small. And I really like that word because it implies a little, like you have to give it some, some energy and some action. And that's another big mistake people make is you have to market everything. I mean, I think that's I, I think that's a big surprise to people when they start a business, how much you have to push everything. Mm-hmm. Like, people have this fantasy that they'll just be so lovely, that they'll just sort of quietly, like, add the little link to the ebook on the side of the website. And, and it's not that way. I mean, maybe you'll get one or two sales, but if mm-hmm. you want people to buy something, you really have to push it. And you always want to be thinking about everything you do. You want to, to launch it in some way. And, you know, we're always learning that in our business. We're always like, man, we just, you know, we just made a totally new update to this product and we didn't even tell anybody, you know, <laughs> we, should have, we should have done a lot. If you tell people about it, if you put a little oomph in it, if you put a little energy, then people will know about it. Right. And, and then they'll buy it. So you really should always be thinking in that mindset of how am I launching my new blog post? Right. Yeah. How am I, this update I made to, to right. my ebook. Right. And, and funny thing is, you know, all of those things that we weren't doing quite good enough, you know, ourselves with our own marketing, this all comes back to why we're simplifying to yeah. social media marketer, because now it is a thing where we're going to, people will know what the newest content is and kind of be like, Oh, maybe I should get in that, you know, and now it'll be much easier. Our focus is really clear. Absolutely. So, okay. So any other advice for someone who's just doing their first thing, like their first out of the gate launch, you know, go small, go big, like think back to your backstage pass to Twitter. Yeah. I think, I think you want to focus for, especially for your first thing. I wouldn't worry too much about like affiliates trying to sell for you. Um, I think it's good to have affiliates. I mean, I like the whole structure of having affiliates lead to opt-ins. Um, and then you do the selling, like how that's what Marie and I always did for B school and, and how Marie still treats B school, which is a very successful affiliate model. Affiliates make a lot of sales for B school. It's a very big program. And, and Marie and I always viewed it like, let's have people help us watch the free videos. Our affiliates help us get people in the door, but then we do the actual selling and you can't expect other people to sell for you. Um, and so I think maybe sometimes people see affiliates as this like magic bullet. If I have loads of affiliates, they're going to make sales for me. And I think a lot of people see that that's not true. Yeah. So for your own thing, like it's going to, if you have a hundred people on your list, it's going to be small, but that's okay. Again, that's where you start. So I would focus very much on your existing list and I would view list building and selling as two different things. Like they, they have nice little ripples for each other. You know, when you're doing a launch, you tend to get a lot of new people on your list too. But I would think, okay, promote, 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 list build, list build, list build, and then do a, a sales campaign to the people on your list. That's how I would view the launch and view them sort of in two phases. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I think that's I think that's smart. I mean, you can definitely acknowledge that you might want to grow your list during the launch, but that your focus yeah. won't, you're not going to be like, oh, how am I going to build my list? You definitely want to be focused on who's already there. Yeah. And you might have like a launch building portion and then a selling portion. I think it's good to, to think of them as those two different things. Okay, maybe I'm going to release videos or do a webinar or whatever, and that's going to get some new people in the door. 
And then once I have them, I'm going to send them a series of emails or do like another sales webinar or whatever it is, focusing on on getting them in the program. So Laura Roeder, yes, I am putting her in the last but not least slot in this business influencer series. I hope you've enjoyed this journey down my memory lane, but also that you've gotten something out of each person because I think each individual entrepreneur has something to teach all of us, something really specific and really uh, foundational to how we run our businesses, what we do in our businesses, and why we're doing it in the first place. Uh, Laura just happens to be the person that I have the most um, experience working with face-to-face, head-to-head, every single day, day in and day out for several years. And she definitely taught me what it means and how to make changes. And the funny thing is making changes usually just starts with one thing, and that is a decision. So making decisions sometimes is difficult as entrepreneurs. So Laura taught me how to do that and not, not to feel like I needed to apologize to anyone or myself if I need, if I decided I wanted to change something. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you enjoyed our conversation and I encourage you to check out the show notes below and click over to Laura's Twitter feed, click over to lkrsocialmedia.com, check out her latest huge change and addition to her business, uh, a little a little stud named Edgar, and you can check Edgar out at meetedgar.com and find out all about what Edgar is, plus we've got some other resources down there in the show notes that you can also check out and click around on to to learn more about our other influencers. One last thing, people. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking the show out and listening this long. And I always think that's I always think that's a funny thing to say, perhaps a little bit bizarre, but hello, how many of you actually spend the time to listen to the whole thing, to listen to a whole show. And when you do that, you know, there are only a few podcasts and shows that I do that with. So if you're doing that with mine, I truly appreciate it. Have a great day. We will see you next week. We've got a whole new lineup of things that we're going to be sharing uh, to round out 2014. And oh my goodness, I just can't wait. So have a great day and I will speak to you soon.